Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I missed you last week. That's right. You probably may have noticed we didn't post on 4th of July. Hopefully you were doing something fun with your family or friends or just chilling. For me, I spent a lot of time at barbecues and doing what I love every year, watching fireworks. I freaking love, love fireworks. They just bring me to my happy place. That's right. My happy place. I wish I could see them once a week. I probably could. I could go buy fireworks somewhere, right? Anywho, let's talk about my next guest, Morgan. She's a mental health therapist and she gave me so many ideas and tips and how to take care of ourselves and stay mentally healthy. I mean, some of the things you're like, we know it, but do we practice it? You know, we'll tell others but I don't know if I'm doing it every single day, right? Things such as self-compassion. You know, do we really practice self-compassion? Practice self-care daily? Communicate your needs, desires, and boundaries? Being true to you, being authentic can save you time, energy, and stress. I mean, those are just a few things. You're going to love this and you're definitely going to want to share it, like it, rate it. And as always, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you sending me leads for speaking engagements and buying my book and supporting my workshops. I don't know what else what I would do without my community, my posse. So I'm so grateful. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. All right. I know. I know we're having fun. We're getting ready for summer, but a lot of you sent me things in saying, I don't know, Weston. I just don't know. I still feel like I have too much anxiety. Do I need to seek professional help? Is this something that will pass? Well, don't you worry. My next guest, Morgan Graves, hopefully will be able to help guide us. But before I bring her on, Let me tell you a little bit about her. Morgan Graves is a mental health therapist and owner of Royal Phoenix Life Services, a small private practice in Raleigh, North Carolina, which I'm going to in a few weeks. In addition to serving individuals and couples in therapy, Morgan supports other mental health professionals and entrepreneurs looking to build their own practice. Self-care and authenticity in navigating the twists and turns of this world is a large focus of her professional and personal life. Welcome, Morgan. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so pumped. I know you're just getting back from a vacay, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or as you said, a well-needed rest because you've been busy, busy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We all need that. We all need that. All right. Before we dive into it, and I have plenty of questions for my peeps, what's the one word, Morgan, that best describes, one word that best describes your past 30 days, any word you want to pick, and then why? 
busy. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're going to first, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to put busy up there, number one. Okay. Now give me a second word. What would be the emotion that would best describe your past 30 days? Huh. The emotion of my Anything. past 30 How days. How in the past 30 days? Calm, ease and flow, overwhelmed, frustrated, peaceful. I've been kind of go with the flow. Ease of flow. Okay. Yeah. Ease of flow. Ease of flow. Go with the flow. I like that. Okay. So now that we have ease and flow and busy, ooh, that's a good combination. Tell us more. (laughs) Like why go with the flow and busy? Gotcha. Well, I'm I'm currently um, at a transitioning point, business wise. Ooh. Um, We've had weddings in my family. We've had graduation in the last 30 days. I'm also moving. Um, and then I also had an injury, um, to my knee. (laughs) So I'm also healing. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. So it's been one thing after another, but ease, ease and flow because it hasn't been overwhelming. I've been listening to myself. I've, you know, enjoyed, um, the moments that I've had. So although busy, it's still been an enjoyable busy for me. Yeah. Now, where are you moving? I moved just not too far, probably about 30 minutes from where I used to stay. I was in Durham, in the Durham area. And so I'm still like in the Raleigh-Durham area, gotcha. just in a smaller area. So have you lived there your whole life? I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, so it's right down the street. Okay. And um, I moved to the Raleigh-Durham area um, for undergrad. I went to UNC Chapel Hill, um, and so I've been here ever since. You know, I've never been there. I told you, I'm going to a family reunion to North Carolina. I've never been to North Carolina. Can you believe it? You should come. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited that you get to at least experience a part of North Carolina. Yeah, a part. I'm excited. Yeah. I just can picture the people being very friendly. Yeah, we are. We're very friendly people, especially in comparison to like up north. Like Philly area. area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we don't have our friendly types because there's people like me that just wave to everyone and think people think I'm a lunatic, but you know, it's not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, I, we just got to get right into it. You made a big leap from elementary school teacher and counselor to your own practice. I mean, that's huge, girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. That happened, that happened. But how that many happened. years were you at the elementary school as a teacher and counselor? So my... In my mind, my end goal was always to be a school counselor. So I started teaching. I only taught for a year. Oh. Um, I only taught for a year. And the reason why I wanted to teach was so that I could understand the school system. I understood it from being um, a student. Um, I, I wanted to be a school counselor, but in supporting teachers and different um roles within the school, I wanted to understand it from different perspectives. So um, I understood it as a student. So then I wanted to understand it better as a teacher, mm-hmm. um, knowing that my next step would be school counseling. Mm. Um, so I went from elementary school teaching <laughs> to high school 
uh, school counseling. Oh, that's different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a little bit different, the issues, but go, go ahead. Yeah, so in supporting um in supporting the elementary school um elementary kids, I understood it like what teachers go through um but in having to support them as a counselor, I I wanted to speak uh more frankly <laughs> with students. And ah, so not for my personality, yeah, high schoolers it it just kind of worked best. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So now you're there. And so you're now I'm with there. High schoolers and and you think, yeah. hmm, I need to do more, something different. So you do something part time while you're there, don't you? Right. And um, I I go into private practice part time, but that was just to supplement the months. Um, gotcha. So when I was in graduate school, um, a couple of my professors um, suggested that I get a dual degree, one in school counseling and one in clinical mental health. So in my mind, I am still on that uh, wave of, yes, I'm going to learn all these different, um, I'm going to have all this, this wealth of knowledge and it's going to support me in being the best school counselor that I can possibly be. So I wasn't thinking about going into private practice at that time. Well, once I started my career as a school counselor, I recognized those summer months, they started to get a little bit, <laughs> you know, you, you wanted a little bit extra to supplement those um, summer months. So I gotcha. didn't financially feel uh, strapped for, gotcha. you know, money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I started to look for mental health jobs um, in agencies. I was not able to find a job um, at a mental health agency, but I received a response from um, a young lady who had a private practice and she had a suite. Inside of her suites, um, she had various um, independent clinicians that practiced out of the office. And so she informed me that one of her clinicians were moving out and that she had an office available for private practice. Um, Should I choose to do so? I thought about it and I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm like, I don't know what this means. I I don't know if I trust myself enough. And so I'm doubting myself. And I talked to a couple of friends and I go for it. I take a leap. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I take a leap. And um, she was, she is a very good mentor and um, had me, you know, set up within the month. Wow. And I had my caseload at a good part time um, status for me. I felt good. And then school, school year comes back around and it's hard to make that transition from, you know, entrepreneur, business yeah. owner, making your own rules, you know, and then having, going back to the school system and having to, you know, answer to someone. It's just a different speed. Yeah. Fast forward, pandemic hit. I'm also a caretaker of my mother who has MS. And so mm. um, the pandemic um, with the pandemic, we lost our caretakers for our mom. And so 
um, that became a full-time job now for my sister and I to also provide care for my mom. And so with the flexibility that I needed, the school was not able to accommodate my needs. And once again, I was put in a situation where I had to make a decision for myself because what was going on and how things were set up for me at the time, it wasn't working. Yeah. And so once again, I took another leap of faith (laughs) and now I'm here. Um, I have a full caseload right now. I have a waiting list. I Ah. have transitioned. Yes, I have transitioned from solo private practice to a group practice. I'm hiring clinicians. So things kind of happened fast. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, it happened fast because it was something that I least expected. Yeah. Um, and now I'm here and I've really been enjoying, I've been doing more podcasts recently. And so it's a different speed for me, um, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Isn't that funny how life works out? It, it was like yes. nudging you. The universe was nudging you. Morgan, this right, is your calling. Right. But you probably right. would have do done it, it maybe. Do it. Yeah. If your mom kind of forced the hand, not that you wouldn't have done it, but like you said, it was on fast forward. Because you had to take care of your ma, and I get why the school couldn't accommodate that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your clientele. I I bet you are busy. I I mean, (laughs) it's been a little dip. Not that people always haven't had issues, but I know even from my end and my clientele, they are going, okay. Is like I said at the beginning, is this normal anxiety? Will it pass? Is everyone feeling like I feel? So let's just jump right into it, Morgan. That was the number one question when I reached out to my peeps, told them what you were about. They, they, they wanted to know, and I think you do address this. How do you know you need to seek help? Like the normal stresses of every day. Most of the people that wrote to me say, they have anxiety. Some days it's good. Some days it's bad. They feel like they can manage it, but it's definitely different than it was three years ago. I'm sure you hear this all the time. Yes, absolutely. Um, big question. To that, yeah, big question. And this may be too simple of an answer, but if you are concerned about your mental health, then you should seek therapy. And the reason why I say that is because Um, I think people get stuck on the idea that they have to um, have a diagnosis, one, in order to see a therapist, or two, if they don't have a diagnosis, then they feel weird or like something is wrong with them for experiencing unpleasant emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. Um, So therapy is for everyone. And when you find that you don't feel your best self, you're not aligned, your life is not currently aligned with um, what you know you're capable of, you recognize that your anxiety, uh, you're experiencing your anxiety differently, or it's maybe at an all time high, um, the intensity of it is in a place that's very noticeable to you and you are concerned, then yes, Mm. I would recommend seeking therapy. 
You know, Morgan, I 100% agree with you. I want to come give you a big hug for saying that. I really do. I'm just going to give you a virtual hug because I don't know anyone that can't benefit from talking to somebody, whether it's a therapist, a coach, or it's a psychiatrist. I remember, I swear to you, my son must have been in seventh grade, right? Now he's graduating high school. And he had some issues with his friends. And he said, you know, mom, I think I want to go talk to somebody. And so we find him like a family counselor, Morgan, who we love, Mr. John. And ever since that, he still sees him, you know, whether it's once a week, once every three weeks. And I remember him saying this to me. And I'm telling you, the kid was in seventh or eighth grade. And he says, mom, I think everybody could benefit from talking to someone, every single person. And I said, you know, I think you're right, Cole. And I remember thinking about some of my friends that saw people, people say, well, why are you seeing something? You know, somebody, Sally Bell, and you seem so well adjusted. And Sally Bell would say, that's why I am. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, isn't that crazy? Like you don't have to get that bad to go seek help. Why can't it be thought of like for me, like mental fitness prevention? Like, do it at the beginning. That's how I feel. I I feel like the same way that we go to the doctor and get an annual checkup or we go to the dentist and we're, you know, we have these set, you know, appointments that we need to get and it's for our health. But what about our mental health? If something is wrong with me or something is going on with me mentally or emotionally, I want to be the first person to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do think if you have someone you trust and that you bond with, even if it's once a month, a check-in, I mean, that could only help, you know, not waiting till it gets so bad, you know, that you finally seek help. I I don't, I don't know. I, I thought the stigma had changed about seeking help. Has it, or, you know, has it gotten better, Morgan? It, it has gotten better. Um, it's still not, you know, where I believe it should be, where, you know, wellness professionals um, believe it should be. Um, but it has gotten better. And I do believe that people are looking for something different. And especially um, there's a shift in the upcoming generations where they recognize, you know what, I don't have to do life this way. Ooh. There are other ways to do this. And they're seeking out something different. They want to learn more about themselves and how to connect with others. How do you interact and how you exist within this world? I There are a lot of controversial issues that's, yeah. that's going on that's triggering different topics and conversations. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot going on in this world right now. I love, I wrote that down big. I don't have to do life this way. I love that. That is so cool. I love that statement, Morgan. Can I borrow it? You can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then that leads me to the next question. And maybe it's an individual thing. I don't know. But how, how can they tell whether it's anxiety or depression? Or is that something you need to go to a professional to figure out? Like, what's the difference? Like, I know there's a million definitions out there. Right. The biggest difference between um, anxiety and depression, depression, um, there's more of like an emptiness or sadness, like an, uh, it's, it's very strong, intense. And anxiety is more like a worry. I gotcha. I but gotcha. like next level worry. 
Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And then there's no letting up. So um, that for a certain amount of time, if you're consistently seeing this or experiencing this and something's totally different, you know, something different for you out of your norm, then those are, you know, those are the things that you want to look out for. Yeah. So what's your client base? Do you see all ages? Do you see just couples, male, female? I see, yes, males, females, ideally um, ages 21, 22 to like a 45 range. Um, oh. But I have, yeah, wide range. <laughs> but I do some, I occasionally see adolescents. Um, yeah. Couples, individuals. I don't see families. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So couples, individuals, occasionally adolescents, and more so they're focusing in on like relational issues yeah. Um, yeah. and attachment traumas. Um, da, 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 da. Lots of transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so college students graduating, couples yeah. getting married or having a baby. Empty like nesters. That. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I have a lot of friends that are like, oh my God, where's the therapy door? Just put me in it. <laughs> my last kid's going off to college. I'm like, by the way, that's me, Morgan. My son's graduating high school and going to college. I'm like, <laughs> Oh boy, more! I'll get more pets. We already have five cats and a dog. I don't know what I'm going to get oh, next. Oh wow! Yeah, but there's going to be something going on here. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> Mama's got to keep busy, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, now this is a big one for me, and I really, really sometimes get—I don't know how else to say it to somebody—that to improve communication. Like somebody will say, my dad said this, blah, 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 right? My mom said this. Okay. And these are people that are in their 40s and 50s. My dad did, 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 did it, whatever. And I'll say to them, did you tell them it bothered you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like my, my girlfriend was over and she was saying, you know, my dad, da, 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 and he, he said this and, you know, he just seems to be, you know, more cranky. And I go, did you, just, did you say anything to him at the dinner? She's like, no, he wouldn't listen. I go... Have you ever told him it bothered you? And she's like, no, no, no. He wouldn't listen. I go, but how do you know? And she's like, trust me. Morgan, come on. I feel like I'm just saying there are many people that don't even want to open that door. Like, how do you know? Like, maybe say, hey, in a way, like, how would you approach it? I don't know, you know, if you meant to, but when you say it, you know, that really hurt my feelings or that bothered me. Why won't they, Morgan? I need to know. Well... Shed some light, Morgan. (laughs) I think it's patterns. Um, So it sounds like in that example and in a lot of um, people's experience, you know, they pick up on patterns of other people. They've maybe seen them respond to something in a less favorable way or they've come to them with a vulnerable situation before and they don't feel safe enough or secure enough to have that conversation Um, or just generally speaking sometimes it's uncomfortable to have those like straight up conversations especially with your parents yeah Yeah, (laughs) Um, I get it especially at a certain age right once they're a certain age right right um, but I'm a big, I'm like you, I, I'm in a, I'm a big believer of, you know, 
I'm going to tell you how I feel and, you know, what I think about that. And it's going to give me information um, based on how you respond to my needs. Um, And that's where boundaries come in place. So if I'm not liking something, I'm not going to leave you in the dark because you may not be aware that it's having that impact on me. So I'm going to assertively communicate to you. And then if your response to what I have expressed is to continue with that behavior that I have communicated is an issue for me. Now I have the right and I have evidence to validate the boundaries that I need to place within this situation or within the communication that I need to have with you. So when couples come in and work on relationship, is that a big part of what you do? Is how do you have this kind of communication in a loving way? Right. Yes. Um, I utilize um, the Gottman method, John Gottman, um, and he really emphasizes um, the four horsemen. So I teach my clients the four horsemen of the apocalypse and um, which include criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. He gives antidotes to those four. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what, where are we going with the four horsemen? I'm, I'm taking notes here on my napkin. I have now. I ran out of space. <laughs> I've never heard of that. The four horsemen. Yes. Um, so with criticism, um, you're bringing up an issue in a way that focuses on character flaws rather than the situation. Gotcha. So essentially, you're placing characteristics on your partner. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'm with you. the antidote there is to use a gentle startup and make a specific request for change. So, as you see, this is similar to what we were just speaking about. And so, the the four horsemen or the communication skills that I utilize with couples can be utilized in any relationship. So, the okay. next um, horseman would be contempt. Okay. And that's like next level criticism is leaning on the um, edge or it is a form of disrespect. It's when you are essentially belittling your partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the antidote there is to build a culture of appreciation and again, utilize those gentle startups. So I like to teach my clients just when you don't know where to start at all, I utilize this assertive communication outline, which goes a little bit like this. I feel, insert your emotion, about or when, insert the situation, and then give a request or seek clarity. Uh, So for example, if you have um, a partner who tends to leave a cup out on the counter after you clean up, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's driving you crazy. Bonkers. Go ahead. Right? I don't know anybody like that, but let's move forward. Go ahead. (laughs) Right? And so, um, you know, you can tell them, you know, I feel unappreciated when I see this cup on the counter after I've cleaned up. Could you please put the cup in the dishwasher or clean the cup and put it away after you use it? That would be a request. If you were to seek clarity, 
it might sound like, is there anything that's preventing you from putting the cup up? Or is there something that I'm missing as to why the cup is still on the counter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this breaks up marriages. I'm cracking up, right? Because <laughs> it's this stuff like <laughs> And now contempt is actually the number one predictor of divorce. Really? Huh. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Next, you have defensiveness. Defensiveness is an attempt to protect yourself against a perceived attack. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so Big. when you are defensive, the response, or it looks like one of two things. One, you're either um, giving a counterattack, so you're blaming. What about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I or like that on the other side, yeah, on the other side, it's that innocent victim. You're always picking on me. I can't do anything right, huh? Yeah. So yeah. those those two. Now, the antidote to defensiveness is to take some responsibility. You may not agree with how your partner sees the entire situation, but there's there's a piece, even in the smallest sense, that you could take accountability for. Mm. There you go. And That's a big leap last, of faith there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Accountability. <laughs> Woohoo. Right. <laughs> All right. What's the last, the last one, Morgan? Part, stonewalling. Stonewalling is like when you shut down, you're beginning to tune um, each other out. So sometimes that may look like you storming out of the uh, room, like you're done with the conversation, or that could look like you are physically present but you are not present for that conversation so like you're like looking at the person but you're looking through them and your hands are folded like that is stonewall you've checked out the antidote to stonewalling is self-soothing so you take some time to cool down you will want to take about 20 minutes okay but i also sometimes you don't have 20 minutes to wait If you're not able to come back to that conversation in the same day, I encourage my couples to set a time where you can come back to the conversation. These are some good strategies, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. And you can use them for any relationship. You can use them with friends, family. Um, It's not just for your romantic partners. And so that's why I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, these are really good because I'm looking at the questions people sent me and it's really good. I mean, a lot of them, you have to admit you might have some culpability in it, like that you might be accountable. There might be something, you know. Right. And that, I think a lot of, it's difficult for a lot of people, you know. And believe me, when I, I, it's not, I, there's a lot of these things, you know, that at any given day I could do, but I don't have an issue with being wrong or saying, I'm sorry, or going, Ooh, I should have done that better. So that is my sticky wicked, Morgan. I don't understand when people like, what's the big deal? You're human. You made a mistake. You could have done it differently. You could have said it differently. Why is that so difficult to admit that? I, I'm, it doesn't okay. feel good. Why? Why? I mean, it does huge. not. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think that's an individual journey. Yeah, yeah. Because 
we can easily accept the pleasant emotions, you know, happiness, joy, like those are all great. But also <laughs> a part of being human yeah. <laughs> would include feeling sadness, feeling hurt. And we don't want to go there. I gotcha. I gotcha. So on an individual, I'm sure it's on an individual level, but what is the main reason that people don't want to admit they're wrong? Is there a, like one big thing, like why people I don't, have trouble? Yeah, I don't think that that would be one, one reason. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think that is a, um, that's indicative of an individual's journey. Um, yeah. how they were raised. Gotcha. Um, yep. You know, complex, what experiences yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as upfront. And I think also being a bit more self aware will help with that because uh, if you're able to stop and yeah. ask yourself, what about this situation made me respond like this? Yeah. You know, you can understand it yourself a little bit better and then it doesn't feel as bad when somebody brings it to your attention out loud. Because a lot of these things are, uh, you know, things that yeah. we don't like ourselves that we we know internally, but we don't want other people to know that. And so Ooh. we're going to defend that. Ooh, <laughs> you know, I like we're that. We're going to try to cover that up. Right, right. If we figured it out first, it's okay, right? <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, yeah. I've had time to become, you know, comfortable with it. But, you know, if somebody else is aware of that, ooh, how does that then shift their perspective of me? I got it. Yeah. Ooh, that sheds some light on it. Totally different. I love it. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that because people that are really self-aware and take time to get to know themselves, then when somebody else says that, it's like they've already thought about it for them and it's something they want to work at on. It's not, I get it. Whew, big one. All right. So I don't know if you knew this, but one of your big things, you said that journaling can improve mental health. You know, I made a living out of that. Like... My books and journals are train your head and your body will follow. I am a big, I don't even think you knew this. I'm a big journal and I really feel like it's helped me so much. So I want to know, why do you believe it helps your mental health? Well, similar to um, what we spoke about earlier and being able to just talk to someone mm -hmm. is helpful. Um, I think there's tremendous power in being honest with yourself and authentic with yourself. Journaling allows you to get out of your head yeah. and really um, kind of like process a situation or what you're going through. It helps you become more aware of yourself, learn patterns that you have developed over time. Um, and then sometimes when you read your journal, um, like you'll have an entry and then you'll go back and you read it and you kind of laugh at yourself like, dang, I was tripping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was I think it, you know, you can kind of laugh about it yeah. a little bit, but then, you know, with more serious, um, situations, you can go back and it can be very informative for helping you make a decision. Um, maybe a decision that, is very hard for you, something that you don't necessarily want to do, but in recognizing your needs from your journal, you're able to make a decision that you need to make. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the reason I brought it up there is because I really think it helps me to be aware of my patterns and who I am and how I show up. And you're right. And sometimes, sometimes I use it for, like, I have all different types of journals. So one is for my self-reflection and getting my thoughts out. But then I also have one for my goals, you know, and yeah, yeah, my dreams. I'm the same way. Which is totally different. But I yeah. will go back. I'll crack it up here and go damn girl, like, what the heck were you like, why? Like, that was the silliest thing. And I and I, but I'm glad I got it out there. Yeah, yeah. I and I go back and it's like story time, because I write my journals, write in my journals the way that I speak. And so I'm reading and I'm like, Ooh, this was good. This was Ah! good. (laughs) And then I'm going back and taking, you know, notes from myself. And, you know, it's also a good way to reflect on growth. Yeah. Um, I love journaling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but here's <laughs> the thing when I, people say, oh, I don't have time. Like, don't put, I have to journal for 20 minutes. It's like meditate. Like, do it for a minute too. Don't make it I have to. Just right. start writing. I call it brain Because that takes the fun out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes a chore at that drain. point. Sometimes it's because I'm focusing and sometimes it's just scribble scrabble. It makes no yeah. sense. You know? Yep. I love yep. it. I was like, woohoo, she's a journaler. Yeah, All and right. it can be whatever works for you. You know, it doesn't yeah. necessarily, like, I'm a word vomiter. So I like to just, you know, journal whatever is on my mind. Some people have color codes just to check in with themselves. I have a client who would email themselves. That's the safe, that's the safe place for them. So they would send themselves an email journal entry to themselves so they knew no one would find like a, a notebook anywhere uh, um, I have people who journal in their phones you know in your phone yeah, you yeah. can put a note and then lock it up you know so it's different ways that you can journal find what works for you but I definitely encourage journaling yeah yeah and I'm the one I have to write I have to write in a book I have so many different journals I and by the way, I've hidden them all over the house, but I don't throw them out. <laughs> They're behind. Yeah. I remember my son was like, mom, I'm like, don't open it. Where, where'd you find that? It was like behind yeah. this chair. All right. So I could talk to you forever, but I want to get some of these in because I'm like, what is this? Okay. Finances, fear, and mental health. Yeah. So I'm guessing, you know, Mental health issues because you don't have enough money or you're afraid of not having enough money, but you tell me. uh, Finances are connected to our sense of security. And so when your sense of security is not stable, of course, that brings about anxiety that can bring about um, depression. So by just by the nature of how this world operates, you know, because you need money to... (laughs) live, live in this world. Um, you know, if your foundation is not taken care of, it's hard to, you know, access any other part of life if you're not secure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's really weird because it took me years to unpack my relationship with money because when I was younger, I didn't realize it was like, I don't know, from so many different angles taught to me at a sub- subconscious level that people that had money, it was evil. To, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever heard that. Or I mean, not that they came out and said that, but it was, 
it led me to believe that money is going to cause you to do bad things or make bad decisions. And I, I didn't even realize that, you know, because obviously, you know, that's ridiculous. I, I can see that, you know, when they say, well, you know, you could get to a certain point in your life and money could be your God, but that's not everyone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it goes back to your upbringing, you know, those subtle things um, that were not explicitly taught to you and yeah. taught to you. And then also the things that were explicitly taught to you and modeled for you, you know, all goes hand in hand and what that means for you having, having, or being more financially secure or not being as financially secure. Yeah. You learn things like I want, I want that. I want that. I definitely know. I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, so for me, um, I wasn't brought up. First of all, I didn't know that we were <laughs> that we were lower ca- class and growing up because my mom made it work. So Woo-hoo, for ma. me, yeah, she made it work and it was not evident, you know, until we got older and I'm like, "Oh, dang, we were we were kind of there." But today, um, I'm resilient because of it. Yeah. Today, I know how yeah. to make my finances work. Um, today, I have a better grasp of finances. Today, it means something to me to become more financially literate. Mm. Um, so, yeah. you know, everyone has their own takeaways, their own interpretations from their experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I, owning businesses and being an entrepreneur, Morgan, it was good that I recognized that (laughs) in my 20s. Like, you know what I mean? Because it was like, oh my God, I'm feeling, it was that guilt of, oh my God, am I going to become a bad person? Like if I'm an entrepreneur and make money and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it took me a while to figure out that what was going on because I would make money and then I'd like almost hold myself back and then make money and hold myself back. And it was somebody else saying this to me. Oh, I see this pattern going on. What is your relation? And I was feeling guilty for making money. Isn't that crazy? Or thought I was going to turn into this like evil person. Yeah, no, it's not crazy. Yeah, but I didn't know. Someone else didn't point that out. Like I would have never known that. But also if for someone else to point it out and you actually to process it, think about it and explore the source. That means a lot. Yeah, that's true. Give the girl credit. All right, here we go. (laughs) Let's get it in. I know I'm like, oh my goodness, I have so many more questions for you. But here's one that I got over and over again. So I'm going to make sure and I always make up names. Okay. Billy Bell. I don't know why Billy Bell. Billy Bell (laughs) says, please ask Morgan, how can I mention to my spouse that we should see a counselor because in her mind that is defeat we might also get divorced he's tried to he doesn't know how to bring it up to her how can he just nicely bring it up in a way that she might consider going i think he could go back to that assertive communication um that i that i gave um, that I feel insert emotion about insert situation. And that situation could be this, how he would describe the state of their marriage. Um, and then give a request. So that could be, I believe that this is something that's really important to me 
and believe mm-hmm. that it could benefit our relationship. Um, or going back to the, the seeking clarity, what about therapy is something that, um, like, what do you feel we will lose from going to therapy? What is your, like, what's your qualm against going to therapy? Yeah. Another way that, um, that would be helpful is to just say, Hey, we can go to a couple of sessions, see how we like it, see if it's beneficial. If it's not benefiting us, then we can let it go and try something different. Um, but because I care so much about our relationship, yeah, I like that. One. I want us to try everything that we possibly can. And therapy seems to be an option for us. So I think it's about a lot of what's maybe not being said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it sounds like they recognize that the marriage is in trouble. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I would, I would say be honest. Yeah. And good for Billy Bell coming forward. Right. And wanting to do. Yeah. Something. Yeah. You Absolutely. Go, Billy Bell. Yeah. I love Go that. Billy. Yeah. Go Billy. <laughs> All right, Morgan. We got to wrap this thing up. I'm so. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Bunker. <laughs> we didn't get to all the questions, but we got to a lot of them. But let's just talk a little bit about what you're up to. All right. So we know you have your private practice. Do Is it all in person? Do you do virtual? Right now, I am virtual. Okay. Um, hopefully, before the end of the year, I'll be back in person. Um, okay. I am expanding, so hopefully I'll also have some new therapists to share the love. Um, yes. Um, I have uh, created a workbook for um, private practice clinicians or those therapists that are looking into going into private practice. Um So I have a guide that kind of integrates the process of going into Mm. um, private practice, how to do that, but it also incorporates journaling. Um, So it helps you process your journey um, and make sure you're checking in on yourself as you're going through this entrepreneurship journey. Ooh, and where can they get that? They can find that on my website at royalphoenixls.com. Now, where'd you come up with the name Royal Phoenix? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me everything. Tell me everything. Yeah. Um, so I've always been like this Roy, like royalty, like I have it tattooed on me. It's just always been my thing. Um, and I'm not sure what made it become my thing, but I just think like, wealth is not just defined by like finances. So I've always taken in life like to its fullest. And so to me, that is wealth. And so Ah. I'm thinking of my business, I'm thinking of royalty. Um, And if anyone goes to my website, they'll see that my logo is a combination of a a rising phoenix, um, a crown, and then the path of life symbol. Yeah, um, I saw it. I love it. I love your website, by the way. Yeah. So I wanted people to be able to rise 
um, from the ashes, like, you know, a phoenix, mm-hmm. um, yep. in order to access the wealth, the royalty that life has in store for us or that we can create in this world for ourselves. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And like you said, you don't, it's been years, like, like how you said that you've always been about the royalty and how you thought about it in a different way. That, that's been something that's been with yeah. you a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And so I still wanted, you know, a part of me to be incorporated into the name. Yeah. Um, I did want that. And I'm like, how does that, how am I going to do this? And so I played with different names and this is the one that I landed on. Yeah. It's really cool. So do you have any tattoos of this? I do not have one yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. But, <laughs> but I have it planned. I do want it on like the back side of my arm. Okay. Just the low, this the phoenix. So the yeah. phoenix with the crown and yeah. the um, path of life symbol in the belly. I, I don't have any tattoos at all, but I'm just like thinking of your logo and that would be a great tattoo. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be Thank really cool. <laughs> all right, Morgan, we got to wrap it up. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on Let's Keep It Real. And my Let's Keep It Real people, Morgan did keep it real for sure. And I know this is going to inspire so many people. So we would really appreciate it if you shared it, liked it, rated it, and of course, subscribe. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, thanks, Morgan, and toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.